the communication with the players um, because the players are getting asked about Bill's future over and over again every week. And he said that he has open communication with them about everything. You know, <laughs> a, a personal... First of all, let me laugh, Coco. <laughs> open communication. That's what he said. What, what, you talking about the whole team? Like, he going to go tell the whole team <laughs> knowing that somebody... No, no. You got open communication with Bill Belichick when you're like me when you just walk up in the damn office and you got a question. That's when you'll get open <laughs> communication. You know what I mean? You ain't going to get open communication where he's going to come into the team meeting and say, look, if anything, he's going to shut it down and ain't going to give you nothing either. Am I right or wrong, Wiggy? Second out, KJ and Don Darrow in for the Rich Keefe show. Did on Wiggy WWE. leave him hanging? I, maybe they just cut it off, you know. Okay. Sometimes maybe they don't want the truth. <laughs> but, but look. First, happy holidays to you, and uh, may you've had a wonderful holiday season so far. Looking forward to 2024. It's good to be back with you, Mark. It's been a, it's been a while. It's been too long. It's been too long, but we haven't missed a beat, that's for sure. If you missed any of the show, the Odyssey app is free. Just type in WEEI to bring you here. It'll be under the Rich Keefe tab. So when you see the retweets, these are not things that Rich said. These are things that myself and Mark said. And before we get to the comments about what Ty Law said on the Greg Hill Show about... <laughs> Don't be fooled. Belichick is not sharing the information of what is or what isn't happening. I had mentioned right before we were going to break the comparison to Greg Popovich and what he's gone through with some bad seasons and still there and Belichick. Mark? Yeah, I was just thinking about it, and I thought about this in the past, and I was just thinking during the break. I think I, I figured out the reason why Greg Popovich doesn't get the heat that Bill Belichick has gotten. Um, and I think the reason is a couple things. Number one, Belichick is seen as being sort of the reason Tom Brady walked out the door. That's number one. Greg Popovich wasn't the reason Tim Duncan left. Um, there are also things you can point to. Wait a minute. Hold up. Can I yeah, pause that yeah, real quick? Yep. Yeah. Is he not the reason why Kawhi Leonard left? Maybe he is. Okay. It's just I just want to say that just to say that somebody who was a star player who may eventually be in the Hall of Fame, not necessarily the greatest player ever, but still who's going to be up there as one of the greats that have played in the modern game, did leave yeah. that coach. I think maybe, and again, I'm not saying that the people that, the reason that Popovich isn't getting the heat and the Brady thing, that's not necessarily the right way to think about it. I'm just trying to figure out why he doesn't get that heat. Maybe in the NBA, it's viewed that players... They do up and leave, or they want to go to these glamour cities. I know he went to Toronto, and then he went to L.A. But maybe they, in the NBA, it's more accepted as that's what players do. That's what the stars do. They leave. They go to joint super teams. They go to the you know the flossy, flossy markets and the L.A.s and San Antonio-type markets don't have as better – they don't have the ability to keep some of the big-name stars. Maybe that's another well, someone thing. someone could say that about the New England market, too. But it, in football, it is, it's in isolated. football mm-hmm. that's not as big of a thing as in the NBA where you're trying to get to, the, you know, we hear the same teams every time a big free agent becomes available. The same teams are in the mix. I mean, Milwaukee won a championship two years ago. They Who's did? running to Milwaukee? I'm just saying, historically, over the last 10 to 15 years, when a big name becomes available or could be on the trade block, who do you hear about? The Knicks, the Lakers, the Heat, the big cities, the big markets, the glamorous cities with the, with the you know, the, the beach or the nightlife, all those different things. Um, another reason I think Greg Popovich doesn't get the heat is because Bill Belichick has been identified as somebody that has made very specific mistakes that has led to this descent for the Patriots. You know, 
in 2019 drafting Nikhil Harry over all those other wide receivers who are available. And then obviously it was Mac Jones and letting this erosion take place. And whether that's fair or not, that's how it's viewed. So I think a lot more of the blame has been specifically placed on Bill Belichick where you can go to specific decisions and say, he screwed that up, he screwed that up, he screwed that up. I don't think you can go to and look at Greg Popovich and say, well, Popovich screwed this up, he screwed that up, he lost this opportunity, and it's just it's not as easy to connect the dots as to why the Spurs got to where they are as it is the Patriots. I think that's why Belichick catches more heat. So let me pull a couple of hairs out of the food that you just mentioned, and, and I want to go back to this Nikhil Harry thing. Now, I'm not talking about Nikhil Harry the pro. I'm talking about Nikhil Harry on videotape before he left Arizona State okay. was considered either one or two in terms of the receivers out there. Mac Jones on tape after winning a national championship was considered possibly the second or third choice of quarterbacks behind Trevor Lawrence. Why is it that when you talk about Nikhil Harry and as a bust, it's such a huge Bill mistake? But when you talk about Mac Jones, it's, well, Bill didn't nurture the guy that he the way he needed to. When I would argue, if you get a quarterback that can't get it done, that's much worse than a receiver that just can't catch. So if you're going to tell me that Nikhil Harry was suddenly the begin was the beginning portion of the fall of Rome, no, it's the quarterback situation. This is clearly stated in the league. If you get the wrong quarterback, it can set you back some additional years. So if you're going to say Bill needs to go, then you have to say that it's also tied to the drafting of Mac Jones. Like, there's no reason why Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones should be comparable in talent. And this is what was I saying this last year? That, hey, I believe that there's more talent in Mac Jones. It's just that you're getting more out of Bailey Zappi in terms of effort. So if you're talking about something that's effort and something's not clicking upstairs and this is your first-round quarterback that you've taken, it's going to take some more years. I think the only fortunate thing that's happened is that there's so many quarterbacks that you might find a great quarterback of the future in the second round this coming draft, but that doesn't come around every year. So again, when you say, oh, Nikhil Harry was this bad draft pick, I would say, hey, he was the first or second best receiver coming out of college with all the information that was there at the time. And when Mac Jones came out, he was considered either the second or third best quarterback. In fact, Mac Jones was considered the most pro-ready. Well, it's just different, okay, because you needed a wide receiver, as evidenced by the Patriots, drafting a wide receiver in the first round. But the problem is... You they needed have, a quarterback, too. I know, I know. But in the in the terms in terms of the, the 2019 receiver that you drafted... You drafted that wide receiver in the first round, and you had a bunch of other guys that you had on the board that you didn't pick that then went on to become stars in the league. And not just that, KJ, guys that had essentially, they, the narrative at least has been they had ties to New England. Debo Samuel met with the Patriots. He had a video on IG that he, was, he wanted to come here. He was excited about the prospect of coming here. A.J. Brown cried when they didn't draft him because he was a Patriots fan all his life. And you had these meetings and you passed on these talents that you desperately needed to maybe save Brady's career with New England. 
and you need it for the future, and you blew it on all accounts. Why? Because of another narrative that's out there that Bill Belichick didn't listen to his scouts and instead went with the, the intel of his boy, Herm Edwards, and made a bad decision there. So that narrative, fair or not, is also out there. With Mac Jones, you had a, a quarterback that came in different situation because he actually could play for a minute. He showed that he could play in the NFL, and then it eroded. So you blame Bill for that, too. So it's, it's different. Okay, so here's here here's what I would say about the Nikhil Harry situation, and this is where I would agree. If you're Kraft and you say, look, I would need Bill to go to better sourcing for picking up players, then yes, right? Don't talk to your friends or anything like that. Yeah, you might trust these guys for 25 years. We need to know about the player right now. That's where you would gain the control. In terms of the quarterback, at the end of the day, it's what you put into it. Right? It, it's what you put into it because if that's the case – then why are you seeing any type of success with Bailey Zappi out there considering he was the only quarterback that showed any success under that Patricia Judge stuff last year? And I said last year, you remember, that if he can make chicken salad, the chicken, you know what, look like chicken salad, then what is he doing right? Salad? That could, salad, chicken salad, out of, you're making chicken out of chicken. You, okay. You know. Okay. My thing, my, the, the thing I'm saying is this, is – if you're not coachable, it's going to show up in other ways, and that's what happened with Mac Jones, right? Look, the Patricia Drudge last year, yeah, that looked like absolute incompetence, but this also was a team that was still in the playoff hunt with four games remaining last year. So something was done right last year that didn't click this year. I said that what if it? What if Bill O'Brien? What if Mac Jones doesn't take the Bill O'Brien? Then you would have gone ahead and gotten what you said he needed. People were even trying to make this narrative that the two of them had a relationship at Alabama and they were really just passing ships in the night. That didn't work. Now you've got Bailey Zappi winning games and getting game-winning drives on the road against the Denver team. You might say, oh, they're horrible and everything. Denver, if they had won that game, they would still be in the playoff hunt in the AFC. So it's a meaningful game for Denver by losing that game. And it's also very meaningful, I think, for the locker room for the Patriots to be able to say, hey, there's a quarterback out here who generally is not making mistakes to start the game, and we now have confidence for him to finish the game because did you not feel like that game you're going to try and play for overtime? Did I feel like they were going to play for overtime? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I thought that that was what they might do, but they should have been going for the win. Right. So there's the, th- there's the difference, right? Because if Mac is still in there, you're probably saying – don't make any mistakes to give up the game, i.e. Raiders last year. Yeah. Right? Don't do that. But now you're saying, hey, go ahead and do it because we believe in you. That's leadership. Now, now coaching can't give you either you're born a leader or you or you're just not a born leader. And I think that's and that is what has caused why there's so much commotion. A lot of people wanted to see Mac Jones be the next savior and are disappointed. They're the same ones who were upset that Bailey Zappi had that game winning drive the other night. They are the same ones who are saying, Oh, they're messing things up now because they're winning. That is total ass nine. Those guys break their bones or potentially have the chance to on every play. There's no such thing as tanking because your little sorry Twitter ass fingers wants to wants to get the new quarterback so that way you can appease for the failure of Mac Jones. Little sorry ass Twitter fingers. Yes, X fingers. I'm sorry. I need to be on branding. I mean, look, I just don't see how uh, giving one more year and getting the or getting back control of the organization or whatever you said the crafts need to do 
is going to be more efficient or or more productive for the Patriots long term than trying to entice a new head coach, a new general manager with a top three pick and having a clean break now after one of the worst seasons in the recent memory. All right, before we go to trending, let me ask you this. Do you think that management, ownership, knows that they're going to pull the trigger or not on Belichick right now? Do I Do I think they know what they're going to do? Right now. I do think they know what they're going to do. Okay, so then they've got a three-month window to be able to remove, answer, and then acquire. They right? do. And that's... They have to make a decision before that. They have when this season is over, the last day has to be when the decision. So Bill's made. black Black Monday material. That's where that's where it ends for Belichick. Black Monday. That's that's where it's going to end. That should be what happens. Yeah. Uh, it's KJ and Dondero in for Rich Keith. Your calls at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Text line three seven ninety three seven. We continue to talk with Celtics, Red Sox as well. Now it's time to trend with Mark. The Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Hey, Jason, there's obviously such an established core on this team. Were you surprised by how quickly Drew and KP fit in? Uh, no. I say that meaning, uh, you know, the core that we had, really talented group, and uh, you just add two really talented, high IQ basketball players. And uh, we all know how to play the game, and it was just a matter of time of, uh, you know, us gelling together, and we, uh, we've we done it pretty well so far. And, I mean, we've been playing really, really well. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's not our best basketball yet because we still have a lot of basketball to go. But uh, I love where we're at, you know, obviously as a team. KJ and Don Darrow in for the Rich Keith Show on WEEI 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. That's Jason Tatum game on Mark. What was a very impressive West Coast trip for this team who I, I don't want to put the hex or the jinx on. I think this team is much stronger this year because of the presence of Porzingis in the middle and the steady play, I think better steady play from Drew Holiday than you would got from Marcus Smart. Extremely impressive team. Um, I love watch. I, I wish it was May already. You know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> yeah, wish right. we could watch some of those playoff games. Um, the in-season tournament, I know you and I haven't had a chance to talk you know, it didn't do that much for me, personally. Yeah, uh, I'm not no, saying I didn't yeah. like it or it's a waste of time. I'm not saying that. Just for me, I didn't really take it that seriously. It, it it wasn't an indictment on any of the teams that I thought were championship contenders. They didn't win the tournament. I just, I don't know. So I, I, gonna, I thought ahead. Denver played it smart. Just take your two losses, get done, be done with it, and get back to getting your guys healthy. Right. Like Indiana's struggling now. Uh, the Lakers are struggling now, all because they put so much into that tournament. It would have been good if the Celtics were having some continuity issues. They could have used the tournament for that, but they weren't having any continuity issues. So I didn't care if they got blown out. Let's talk about Chris Dash Porzingis. Super impressed. Like yeah. this, I, I obviously knew who he was. I followed him a little bit, but I didn't watch him that closely or follow his every move or know about his demeanor. His injuries. Yeah. The injuries obviously a concern, but I, I this guy has some dog to him. He's not afraid to take the ball in big spots. He's good defensively. He's a good teammate. Um, I love everything about this guy. I, I, I mean, for I've loved everything about Drew Holiday. But I kind of knew that coming in. I was right. going to like him. Porzingis, I didn't know. But I have, assuming he can keep, and it looks like they've been managing his injuries effectively. I mean, that's yeah. what, as long as he can keep coming back quickly, if he has to take a day off or whatever, fine, especially 
with this not being the springtime. Um, but he has been – I love everything about this guy and the fact that he's so good, not just at the rim defensively, but you can dump the ball to him in the post and he can just go to work. And yeah. I love everything about Porzingis. The fact that he's been healthy has been huge. That guy's been a huge hit, home run. Uh, what I have like is that Porzingis has been kind of this connective tissue if you thought there was kind of a distant connection between Brown and Tatum on the court, right? Like, if you've got to get from point A to point B, but there, there needs to be a bridge in the middle, I think Porzingis has played that role perfectly. Where even seeing where Brown sometimes gets the two-man game going with Porzingis, that says, okay, if there was a concern I might have had about Brown in this this new lineup, that he would kind of get a little bit lost. And you would, and you saw a little bit of that earlier during the season, but now Porzingis offers something for both Tatum and for Brown to have fun with in the two-man game out of the paint and, of course, another third person to kick the ball out to if Porzingis is taking his big man to the top and can shoot the three. So, I, I real, But the defense is what really has been impressing me. I, you know, I didn't. Sometimes when a player gets older and they have foot injuries, you wonder how effective they are defensively. Did Porzingis look make LeBron look small at the oh, rim? My God! And it was be, like he it was didn't like even have to ball. be physical. Right? I mean, he, you could just block the shot, and it was effective. I mean, that was so good. To, I mean, we heard it. We heard Anthony Edwards talk about this. Uh, I think we saw the clips when they signed Porzingis or traded right. for him, whatever. That he was the best shot blocker in the league, and you were kind of I don't know. I was a little surprised to hear that. I wasn't right. thinking he would say that. But, I mean, he doesn't even have to be the best shot blocker in the league. Just be competent in moments where you're going to have to defend the rim, and that's what he's been. It's been awesome. Yeah, you know, I think probably for Persing is from his standpoint, going from being this superstar icon that was playing for the Knicks and he was the unicorn and all that pressure, and it didn't work out, and then he ends up in – D.C. for a second, then to Dallas, or I can't even, he might have been D.C. after Dallas. So it looked like, hey, this was a superstar that never never shot, if you will. So I think there's a part of Persingas who understands what it's like to have that pressure to be the guy, and knowing that there are two guys on his team that are having the pressure of being the guys, that he's allowed to come in and just be one of the guys for a change. And sometimes that could be really relaxing where you don't feel like everything has to run through you. You have to answer all the questions about everything. You're the reason why this isn't happening or this is happening. You may be the person that they need to trade to get people better people here. The, he does not have to go through that now. And I think his, his acquisition has me starting to think a little bit more that if this team, because this is, I believe more in this team winning the NBA championship this year than, than last year, right? Which And I had a lot of hope for last year's team, and they just they couldn't get there. But this team now has a, a, a player in the front court in Perzingis of a guy who knows what those pressures are and can take those pressures off of Tatum and Brown. The question, the lasting question is, and this is not unfair at this point, do they have the winning DNA that it's going to take to win a championship? Because win- so. winning a lot of games, which they do, and having wins, getting wins because of talent is different than having a winning DNA. And I'm just wondering if when it comes to the playoffs and when push comes to shove against the best teams in the biggest moments, do they have that winning DNA? I, I think s- they do too. Yeah, but I don't think we can sit here and say unequivocally that yes, they do. I don't think we can. Well, so if we're going to go with the you know the biological science here, you would say, okay, what chromosome are we saying has been the issue? And I would say 
What hasn't been in the DNA is other people making critical shots or other people taking the wrong shots at the wrong time. Think Marcus Smart Game 7 with the wild shot towards that gave Jimmy Butler that last wide-open look but he misses, and the Celtics end up going to the NBA Finals. Marcus Smart is gone. Yep. Yeah, a little bit when you thought with Malcolm Brogdon that like what he provided off the bench last year, but clearly there was some disconnect. And if you say, hey, what you got back from Malcolm Brogdon is, do you feel like it puts you in a better place? Absolutely. Derek White, I think, is improving on that DNA that when he was in acquisition, remember it was a guy used that MA had relationship with in terms of when he was down in San Antonio and knew what he could do defensively. Now what you're getting offensively from him, you would say, okay, he you would say like He's the person that's probably completely replaced Marcus Smart and all the things he could do, and you still have Drew Holiday. So to me, you've got better chromosomes, better genes merging together. Now, I think the missing piece might be probably a bruiser that would help come off the bench, so that way you have more size, because you would want someone to go in there and be able to give Embiid some hard fouls. I think that's what, when you start thinking about when you, you know, Embiid and Giannis, he go like, maybe a Marcus Moore senior bringing him back as somebody who can just get in there and bang with some people for a good 10 to 12 minutes where you're not depending on points, but you are depending on him to frustrate, grab some rebounds, maybe even cause some fouls to change the energy of the game. So I think the only piece they might be missing is a big man to provide energy and kind of toughness on the defensive side off of the bench. But everything offensively, I think I think it's there. It is there, and the DNA has changed a little with, with Holiday and Porzingis, but I just believe... The NBA and some of these Eastern Conference foes, they look at the Celtics in two different ways. They look at the regular season Celtics and then come the playoffs. I do think different teams um, either view the Celtics differently or view themselves differently, and they can find a different level uh, in playoff games. One thing that I think will help the Celtics this year, and it's not going to take them to the, to the promised land, but it will help the fact that they're so dominant at home. They needed to reestablish that dominance at home. Now, if it doesn't go into the playoffs, it's not going to matter. They have to have that in the playoffs where they are dominant at home. That was one of the things that really was a staple of the 2008 Celtics that won the championship. They were dominant at home in the playoffs. Now, they couldn't win on the road for a minute until they figured that out eventually. But they need to be – a great team is really tough to beat at home. They cannot do what they did last year and expect to win a championship. So if they can reestablish that, that's one thing. But it's still going to come down to Brown and Tatum because those are still the two best players on paper. It's going to come down to them in the playoffs. And I'm not so sure, KJ, when these other Eastern Conference teams look at the Celtics or come in to play the Celtics in the playoffs, they're not going to smell that same – I don't want to call it fear – but whatever, for pheromones, what whatever that stench is, pheromones, good, that they have exuded in the past in the playoffs, I think that's still going to be out there. And Tatum and Brown are going to have to do it themselves, specifically if they want to rid that stench of the air and try to create a new identity for the Boston Celtics in the playoffs. You know, they need to crush some teams, sweep some teams, dominate at home, and then win some close games along the way. And that would do that. It has to be in the playoffs. I just, I don't think this dominant regular season and these new guys even that they have rolled out there are going to be enough to send a message to the rest of the league that it's a different day in Boston and this is going to be a different team come the playoffs and we're going to just dominate as we did in the regular season. I still think teams are going to view them as it's Tatum, it's Brown. We'll be in it at the end and we'll try to win it when we think we can. 
KJ and Don Darrow on WEEI in for the Rich Keefe Show. Thank you so much for hanging out, and happy holidays. This is why I say probably the acquisition of a big guy, uh, a nice power forward that gives you size and oomph that comes off the bench because when you look at the way things are shaping out in the Eastern Conference, it may not change too much. After the Celtics, Milwaukee's at two, Philly's at three, Orlando four, Miami five. All of them have size or have been issues for the Celtics. So you're the Celtics. I don't know if you worry about as my, a Miami team as much this year as you would have in the past, um, but because I, I think well maybe you just don't know right. That's the thing with Miami. They could I mean they were what a nine seed at one. They were they were sitting at a nine seed yeah. and finally got to the eight seed and it became like absolute hell for everybody. So you know Miami kind of getting things together now. Look, it's only thirty games in, but that's my concern. Is right behind the Celtics is size, 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 size. Do I think Orlando and Miami? Uh, that Orlando at the four is going to beat Miami? Probably not. I would rather see Orlando if I was the Celtics just because the or Orlando would be brand new to this. Correct. Even but they you, have struggled against Orlando. Right, but you don't want to be the Celtics falling into a two seed where you're playing either Milwaukee or Philadelphia just, just to get to the conference finals. So that's why it is imperative for the Celtics to be that number one seed. They've got a two. They got a game and a half lead over Milwaukee. Milwaukee's just and they, they blew a bunny yesterday in New York, but they have been on fire. They won nine of ten going into yesterday. So that's the concern is that they're. I, I, I guess that pheromone that you're talking about or that we're talking about here that they don't smell on the Celtics is some type of physical toughness. Like, could you punch the Celtics in the mouth and how would they respond? Do you feel like there would be a response of physicality from Przingis? No. Do you feel it would be from Drew Holiday? That's not his game. Who's Grant Williams was the one that would get it dirty, but at the same time, Grant Williams would also be left alone in an entire entire stadium to take a jump shot, and and you don't want to leave that person as well out there. So, like I said, me like a Mark, I would love to see Marcus Morris Senior back here, probably as a. You know, just kind of. Yeah, as a, I love as a, a guy like that too. Yeah. A big, strong, physical presence. But I don't think that's what it is. I don't. I'm not questioning their physical toughness. I just think we've seen too many instances where Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have been inconsistent in the playoffs. They've been they've been great at times, but they've been inconsistent. And if you have inconsistencies, that makes you vulnerable. And, and you know, some of those teams you just mentioned, KJ. Let's be honest. Mm. I mean, let's be honest right now. Tatum is an awesome player. If they play the Milwaukee Bucks in a playoff series, is Tatum the best player on the floor? Yeah, I mean it's him and Giannis. Okay, next is he, to that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. It, I see what you're saying. Is it him, shouldn't be a question when Tatum is on the floor. But if he's going up against Giannis, then there is a question of who's the best player. Yeah, on the floor. or if he's going up against Embiid, is he the best right. player? I don't. I mean, all I'm saying is if the answer is no, which there's no shame in that. Embiid's awesome. You know, if the answer is no, if you're a player that has had the tendency in the playoffs to get inconsistent at times, and by the way, you're not going up, if you're also going up in that series against a guy who's the best player in the series, that could be a dicey combination if you decided that was a time that you were going to get inconsistent. And they've been inconsistent at times in the playoffs. I just think that that needs to be proven from the Celtics perspective before I start anointing things and guaranteeing championships because they have been inconsistent in the playoffs. They've been great as well, but also inconsistent. So the betting odds, like Tatum's not really in the conversation for MVP. It's really an Embiid, Jokic, um, Embiid, Jokic, who's it? Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic, 
Um, those are really the names. So I, I, I'm, I'm actually okay that Tatum is not being pushed as this MVP as much as the team narrative is being pushed, mm-hmm. which I think is very important, especially with all the tools that were put around Joe Missoula to start the season where you felt like, hey, are these other assistant coaches in case of, in case of emergency break glass? And it turns out it's like, hey, this really does seem to be one unified front, and that's what I think is really helping this team. So it, it doesn't feel like Tatum is going for the individual accolades that it felt like over the last year or so, where he wanted to get the attention yeah. as being, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a All NBA first teamer. That's already happened. And then I think also with Jalen Brown getting his supermax deal, I, I think you know at, at one point I was like, well, maybe he's just going to play. If the look, if the Celtics win an NBA championship. I think Jalen Brown goes somewhere else. So he tries to may want to go somewhere and then lead a team. So if the main focus is we're, we're we're here to win an NBA championship, I like what I'm seeing so far. I know it's early. I think once they get on this Texas swing when they're playing teams like Houston and San Antonio, these are chances to give Porzingis additional rest. Um, the, the 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 development of the bench is better. I you know I was hard on Pritchard early on, but now those things are starting to come to fruition. Where I do trust him to make good decisions. <coughs> Sorry, I've been on BetQL this morning, so this is like my tenth hour of broadcast today. So you're beast, so, yeah, so, beast oh my mode. god! Oh yeah, exactly. I'm about to sound like a, an 85 year old Scotch drinker who smokes. <laughs> and so you know, that's how I sound on my good days. So look, I like where that bench is developing, developing, and I give a lot of credit to Joe Mazzula because Joe Mazzula's kind of been like the bench guy of the bench through the Brad Stevens years, right? So he understands what those guys need to do to maximize what they do when they get out there for their court time. He's getting that, like, he's getting more out of Cornette than I thought he would, even though Cornette's been banged up a little bit. So he's he's getting plus value on some of the guys who you've just like, that's just not enough. And then, you know, Pritchard, look, his contract is just up to normal. I don't buy into, like, now he's not worth that much. But you're going to need him to make a key shot in some important playoff game. It could be a first series game, but you would hope that by time the season evolves that he's a clearly better decision maker when it comes to shooting from the outside than, say, Marcus Smart or Grant Williams who would have been taking those shots. I think the other thing that needs to be discussed is Jalen Brown. And I, I'm down on Jalen Brown. I'll tell you what. Why don't, you save that? why don't we save that for the other side yeah. of the break? Sounds okay. good. Yeah. Okay, it's KJ and Don Darrow. Thank you so much for being here on WEEI. Happy holidays. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. We continue the Celtics talk, plus we got Red Sox to get to, Patriots. Hang out. Tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. For the Rich Keep Show here on WEEI. Thank you so much and happy holidays. So, Mark, I have to tell you before we get to this Jalen Brown thing. Yeah. Hopefully, you had a great Christmas. Right? You too. I blew the bunny on my Christmas gift from my wife. Oh, yeah. I wanted to hear about this. What happened? So, about two weeks ago, my wife was asking me. So, I used to do mornings at another station here in the market. And my boss at that station and I are still great friends. He's programming a station in Los Angeles. In fact, he works for Stevie Wonder. And him and I still talk continuously. Chris Malone's a great guy. 
And my wife was like, hey, look, I know some people that have uh, some questions about the industry. They, they're moving out to L.A. Do you mind if I contacted him? So you know how this is in this industry. Like You're like, well, let, well, if it's an industry question, ask me. I'll know how to phrase it to him so that way it doesn't seem like I'm pawning my wife's friends off on my buddy for some, some industry favor. That's just that's like not the move, right? Yeah. So then Christmas morning, my wife says, hey, I have to explain to you about what's happened with your gift. I said, what? She said, you remember when you went on and on and on about, well, I'll talk to him and you know, maybe you email him. He won't get back to you or whatever. She's like, well, I was getting ready to give you a free round trip airline ticket for two weeks to go hang out in L.A. <laughs> Blow the bunny. At the very same time, this is nine in the morning, Christmas morning, Chris texted me. And I so I immediately called him. I said, bro. You, as you were texting me, my wife was revealing that my gift was to come hang out with you for a couple of weeks, but because I didn't give her all the information like, that I thought it was industry stuff, it, it, it didn't fall through, but oh. now we've got to coordinate. He's like, yeah, he's like, this is crazy, says, because what are the chances that I'm up at 6 in the morning in L.A. on Christmas Day to answer the phone? So now I've got to put that together, so I, I feel bad because I got my wife cooking where? And so, <laughs> I mean... Dude, this is this takes my expectations for for gifts to a whole new level. <laughs> yeah, two weeks so in L.A. Two weeks Airfare? in L.A. Airfare round trip to go hang out. Um, yeah, even to the point where even like if like if I had to do a shift here, like he he like they I guess maybe he thought of he's like you can do it from here and do it with Steve right next to you. Like what? You know so, Steve? I don't know him. Okay. So, but you know, again, you know, like Chris is such a great friend of mine. Stiz knows him as well. Um, and we did such great work here in the market that, you know, I'm fortunate to still be here in Boston and I'm so proud of what he's doing in Los Angeles. But what are the odds that That's he texts me at the same time and it's six in LA? So I we'll just have to get together and decide when that's gonna be. I'll tell you what, it's gonna be one of these when it's one of these damn cold ass months. I'll be like, you know what? Time to go ahead and cash in that trip to LA for two weeks. Get out of this stuff. So it might be just, somewhere in March. I was just hoping for a gift certificate to McGolf in Dedham. <laughs> but you know what? That's smart because when you keep your expectations low, yeah. you get better things. It's when you expect big things and you don't get them. So that's what I've learned in marriage. Is like, look, if I got a really nice coffee mug, I would be really thrilled because I would say there was something put into it. Okay. All right. Your thoughts on Jalen Brown, and you said you have a concern, mm-hmm. and then we'll get to the text messages uh, here at 379. You know, it, it's just... Do you remember Chandler Jones? Do you remember that player? Yes. Okay. He was a great player. Um, and obviously I'm talking about between the lines. I'm not talking about off the, you know, off yeah, what's the field, happening off the, whatever, whatever's right. going on in his life. Right. I just mean Chandler Jones, when he was here, and he wasn't here as long as Jalen Brown's been here, but he was a great player. Yeah. And he's been a great player. I mean, he put up a lot of good numbers in, in Vegas and with the in Raiders Arizona. and whatever. Yeah. But he never, when he was here, he never really did anything of note. Like, there's no real play that stands out in my mind like a Dante Hightower, you right. know, where I got play after a couple of different plays where in big moments I remember him coming up huge. Chandler Jones, despite being a great player, it never materialized in the biggest moments. And I feel like Jalen Brown's a little bit like that. He does good things. He puts up numbers. He can stuff the stat sheet at times. But when you absolutely have to have it, or if it's a matchup against another big dog in the NBA, biggest game, I don't know. I I don't trust Jalen Brown. Is that unfair? I just don't trust him. To I be can at point his to I, I point exactly to what you're talking about. Is Jalen Brown on the right side of the key? He can't dribble with his left hand. Right, it, it's still oh, an yeah. issue. 
And and I think this is what we're talking about. Like teams are laying and waiting for the Celtics. Like, yeah, all this regular stuff is great. You got to you, you got to play San Antonio at least twice, you know. But that's not a seven game series. When you start seeing teams pushing Jalen Brown to the right side of the court, what they're telling you is the baseline is out of bounds and go free with your left hand. If that's not improved upon, because I was just talking about this on BetQL today with one of the producers, yeah. is that it's amazing that a guy's been able to make it to the NBA with literally no left hand. Like, he's the guy potentially in the layup drill when you go from white side, with the right side, and you switch to the left side, and you're supposed to use your left hand going from the left side. He's constantly going under the basket with his right hand, but he's so damn good that you couldn't deny it. He's such a good athlete. He's right. such a blessed athlete. He's an athlete playing basketball. Right, but when you get down to it and when, the, and when everything matters and when the next opponent you play is the same one you just finished playing five minutes ago in two days, and they see this. This is why Eric Spolstra has been able to be so successful in this league is the preparation and the minuscule things that they see. And 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 if, the, if there is a concern, I have to agree with you, Mark. If it gets to a point where Jalen Brown is having problems with ball handling in the paint that we've seen over the last couple of years and it continues – Trust me, I will not. I will not try to defend any of the loud stuff because it'd be no different if I'm what I said about Mac Jones throwing off of his back foot three years in. It's the same thing. If you can't handle the ball with your left hand and you're trying to go to the paint and you're dropping the, the dropping the ball, man, let everybody have at you. I, I actually wasn't even specific, and I understand why you brought it up, and it's definitely relevant. I wasn't even specifically talking about the ball handling issues and some of those things we saw in the playoffs last year because when that's happening. He's he's causing the team to lose. He's he's in a detriment to the team. Forget about is he helping the team win? He's he's the the reason they're losing. But I'm I'm just saying, you know, it felt a little bit like last night against the Lakers. Mm. Did, did you see the beginning of that game? How Brown was early. He was really hot. Yes. And then it kind of cooled off, and he took some bad shots or whatever. I, I feel like that's almost Jalen Brown at his best. Where he can get hot, he can get, you know, because he's such a good athlete and he can do all these different things and he's great in transition, he can get hot, he can hit some shots, he can go on an avalanche of scoring, and then it's nah, maybe not, in, it's a little inconsistent or more inconsistent than you'd want it to be for a guy of that level and that skill. I, I think I worry that that's him at his best. And when you need him, he can't just turn it on, and he can't be there for you necessarily. You got to just hope he's in a hot streak, or he's he's got the hot hand. And if he doesn't, you might you know you're you have one of the worst players on the floor sometimes if he's mm. turning the ball over. I I just can't trust him, and I don't know. And we talked about that inconsistency for whatever reason. I I felt like I haven't felt like I can trust him fully. That's just something that I'm out is out there, and I I, I want it addressed. I want you to react. Okay, I'll react after we get to some text messages. But yeah. first, let's get to Bob in Londonbury up in New Hampshire. Uh, he agrees on this conversation about Jalen Brown. Uh, Bob, thanks you so much for calling KJ and Dondero. Happy holidays, man. Hey, happy holidays also. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree. It is not just him. It's a couple of the guys on the Celtics. Um, Who? Who, Bob? You're right. They're damn good athletes. But when you really, really need them, we had a guy not faulting him. They pull a Yaskremski. We had this guy many, many years ago in the Red Sox. All you needed was a hit. He just couldn't do it. But when you didn't need it, 
He'd hit home runs all day long. <laughs> and that's just what we now that's, have that's right. with these. And that's a very unpopular thing to say about Yaz, but it's true. He just couldn't really come through on a, on a clutch basis. He's thinking, think the 78, he's thinking of the 78 one yeah, I, I didn't know that about Yaz. Is that true about Yaz? He, was, well, he could stuff the stats, but when you needed him, he disappeared a lot. Bob, are you th- are you really thinking about the seventy eight one game playoff game that he made? The, I think no, maybe not, the second. Okay, not, not well. I'm I'm quite a bit older than you guys, but my point being is, uh, you're going to see a hell of a ball player by today's standards. He played free. He didn't even get paid. Right. But yeah. all I'm saying, quite frankly, and and then when he would fail, it wasn't even a line drive. It was one of these little sissy foul tips. <laughs> That and that's just what the man did. And it's not for, his fault, Bob. But, thanks. You know. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Bob. Yeah. I I think he's referring to Yaz making the final out in that seven in the Bucky Dent game. Okay. Right in the Bucky Dent game, Bucky Dent hits the home run. Obviously, the the, the Sox come back to hit, and Yaskremski whiffs for the last out. Like I think that's one of those memorable things. If either the second to last out or the last out he made. I, and I'm trying not to be. Too negative on, or I'm not saying he comes up small in every big opportunity. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, with, with that's why I brought up Chandler Jones yeah. because he was a great player. There was no arguing that. It's just when when I think about his tenure with the Patriots, even he though didn't they did flash a big moment, there was nothing I can remember in a big moment, a big right. play he made. And and Jalen Brown's kind of the same way. There's I I can't really think of a big playoff series or a big playoff moment where he took over the game or made this huge play or I, I just can't. And too often he's inconsistent. And for a guy that's on an All NBA team, he's the highest paid player in the league. That's a that you, you don't like to see that. I don't like to see that. But here, let me. But we're gonna go to break or we're gonna get the text. Are we gonna do a text? So, that so I'll tell you what. Well, let's let's get to break okay. and text, and then we'll follow up with your question and uh, th- that you have for me. Yeah, we'll I get have to a your specific text question I want to get to. Okay, and then we'll continue that conversation. Plus, we'll get into Red Sox, more Patriots as well. It's KJ and Dondero in for the Rich Keefe Show. Thank you so much for spending your holidays with us. Happy ones to you on WEEI.